What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the One Word Podcast. I'm here with my friend Nick. Let's go. Here we are, back on the One Word Podcast. Come on. At One Word, our mission is simple. It is to choose it, rep it, and live it. And our podcast comes alongside that mission by looking at different words. Today, we are doing our first episode on hope, the infrastructure of your soul. We're pumped about it. We're psyched. We're going to get a little bit into what hope is, what it means in this season, but also what it means after the season is long gone. Yes. And Nick, it's exciting to just be back with us. Yes. Yeah, I am excited. We've had a lot of guests, but it'll be fun. Just back back with the boys. Yes, back with the boys. How it all started. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. Let's go. Come Here we on. go. All right, Laner, back. We are here, One Word Podcast. It's about time that it was just you and I again. I feel like it was fun for us, especially getting to host all these different people from around the world. But, dude, I'm I'm psyched, genuinely, to be back yes. with you. Yes, we are so pumped. It's, it's so fun to be back together with just us two. And we did get to interview and have some amazing guests on the show. But uh, there's nothing like just being back with you and me. It's so fun. It's yes. so fun. And I feel like it's only fair if we go full transparency here and say this is our second recording of this episode because the first recording, we just came hot out of the gate because we were so pumped and we did not stick to the game plan whatsoever. Either of us. <laughs> that is full transparency. That is perfect. <laughs> Maybe that's a little that's bit a great too way much, to put it. But... We just oh came in gosh. hot and we were not ready to go. We, we weren't just... we weren't ready for ourselves. <laughs> no, not at all. We came out guns a blazing. But we're going to try again. Here train. we go. Yes. yes. Round no. 2. Let's go, baby. <laughs> the hype train. <laughs> all right, so Nick, tell us a little bit about what the word hope means. Yes, let's go. So, the word hope uh, is really really important, especially if you are a person of faith. It's a word that you have heard over and over and over again. But we want to break it down a little bit um, and talk about it in the sense of it being the infrastructure of our soul. So we have to first acknowledge before we get into like any definition of hope that in order to choose hope, we have to recognize that there's a need for hope, right? Like I love that. If, if I'm going to be hopeful, I have to realize that there's a need for me to be hopeful. Like everything mm. is not okay. And I know that right now that is all that we're hearing just blasting at, from every corner from the COVID-19 crisis, which is absolutely a crisis and not anything that we want to downplay or take lightly. But it feels like like the word of the season is is hope because we're so aware of how much we need it. But I think we're going to talk today about the fact that there's always a need for hope. And this is just time that, that has unveiled it for us. Yes. I love that, Nick. Yeah. So definition stuff on hope here we go a word that is commonly used or translated as hope in the new testament is elpis um, and that is defined as an expectation of or confidence in either something good or something bad so it's kind of like an expectation of evil or an expectation um, of good and there's some other definitions the one that we like the most is that in which one confides or to which one flees so when you say I'm hopeful in, you're, you're saying in a sense, I'm confiding in or I'm fleeing to this or that or that person or this thing for refuge. Um, and Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. And that's an example of a verse that 
that we see the word elpis used um, translated in that way. So what we're really getting at today, um, as we understand the definition of hope, as we understand that everything is not okay, that there's a need for hope, right? Um, we're asking the question, what's driving your expectation or your confidence? Going back to the definition, like, what are you afraid of? Is that what's driving your expectation or your confidence? I think in this season especially, um, but even I can speak from my own experience that long before COVID, like things that I was scared of, I'd be expectant of them to happen. Um, so is that what's driving your expectation or your confidence or is it what you're hopeful for? Is it the worst case scenario of this meeting that's coming up or a conversation you have to have with someone you love? Or is it the best case scenario of whatever situation you're, you're rolling through in your mind? So that's, that's sort of the foundation of what we're talking about when we're thinking of and when we're looking at hope as the infrastructure of your soul. Nick, thanks for laying the groundwork for us, man. That's good stuff. I love that we went back to the basics there, got to the root of the word, and then that root of the word, the meaning of the word itself, brings up some questions and that can drive us and we can ask what's driving our expectation or confidence that's good stuff thank you man yeah and and we're gonna get into today the fact that what is going on in the world right now uh as like a global pandemic as a huge crisis uh happens on much smaller scales and crises in our own lives and those are most often the times where what we hope in is revealed or is made plain to us whether it is something that is worth putting our hope in or something that's not at all uh, but we're in a time right now where that is made plain to all of us no matter where we are or what economic bracket we are in uh, anything like that this this covid crisis has has touched us all but before we get into that Lena, we got a lot of content so we're moving the hot seat up in the episode today so here <laughs> we go i like it i like it you're on you are on the hot seat for Oh, today. no. Now Let's I go. don't like it. Come on. Come you on. love it. You love it. Hold on. The, I'm going to go back and make sure that our last episode together, I wasn't on the hot seat. Because no if way. that's the case, <laughs> you're going on two hot seats in a row. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see about it. Um, oh, man. Dude, okay. Hot seat. It's got to be centered around quarantine because we've all okay. just been socially, physically distanced for however long. But... Here's my question for you. Longest period of time that you have gone during quarantine without a shower. Oh, man. <laughs> the hard-hitting questions. The real deal. I love it. Okay, I love these questions. All right, And I've been doing some stuff, um, some youth ministry stuff where I'm asking people, you know, are you actually wearing, you know, dress pants or jeans or whatever? Or are you just wearing <laughs> gym shorts? Whatever. I lo- so I love this question. I'm a big fan. And I will say... I have been trying my best to stay clean because of this. Oh, so that's, like that's true. Any so the max I've had would be probably two days, which probably okay. is still that's still a good stretch. But in my defense, we have a pool in our backyard. So if I haven't showered, oh, okay. I've at least jumped in the pool. Okay? Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that. Then all bets with the shower are off. Yeah, two days, okay. that's nothing with a pool in your backyard. Yeah, that, I mean or even a hose, man. Come on now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so good. In high school, my family used to give me a hard time because I would just bike home from soccer practice and dump in the pool and then just be ready to go like I showered. They're like, Nick, bro, that's nasty. <laughs> hey, just dude, shower. there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, <laughs> and here's a life it. hack. 
right, this I guess this is the content that people want because we're going long on the on the hot seat. Oh, but that's I love true. it. Okay, you cool if we keep going? All right, bonus content. Here we go. Okay, bonus content. Life hack here. If you we have a hose right next to our pool. <laughs> All right, and we, we keep a bar of soap out there oh. and some shampoo. So if you need, <laughs> if you need oh a quick gosh. one, you jump out of the pool, just get a little quick, you know, whatever, a little scrub down. You're good Jeez, to go. Jeez, this is good old Southern boys. They don't mess around. <laughs> that's hilarious. Dude, that's what people want, man. That's the wow. content people wanted to hear, dude. That's the good stuff. All right, that wraps up the hot seat. We got it. I'm we sorry. <laughs> All right, so jumping back in here after that wonderful hot seat segment, yes, <laughs> we want to talk about this: the need for hope manis- manifests itself in a number of different ways, mm-hmm. right? So it's easy to just focus on circumstances or state of world affairs right now because we're experiencing it, and it's easy to talk about that because that's what we're walking through right now. But there's a whole host of things and circumstances that bring out our need for hope. Yeah. And so, of course, personal circumstances, the state of world affairs, politics, line of work. I mean, this list could go on and on and on. And I think as we journey in our own lives throughout life, we come face to face with our need for hope so many times. Yeah. W- would you say that's true, Nick? Yeah, I think absolutely. And I, th- I think that we most often are recognized with, or we most often recognize the the need that we have for hope in tragedy or in crisis situations. But I think there's many other situations and relationships, especially where that is made so clear. I think like what you said, personal circumstances that probably takes place could take place like in your health, maybe if you're sick or maybe you have a loved one that's sick and you understand like this is not the way that it's supposed to be. Um, I think of like, Drew uh, and Alisar Eels, a family at our church who had a two-year-old daughter with cancer Um, and praise God that she survived and that she has been healed from that. But like, that's not supposed to be. Two-year-olds are not supposed to get cancer. Uh, And so that's like, okay, I guess that is a tragedy or a crisis situation, but still like they're reckoned with a huge need that they had for hope. Um, State of world affairs, like pandemic, need for hope. Politics, line of work. If suddenly like you go out of business or the stock market plunges or whatever it is, like there's, there's so many things, um, that force us to reckon with, I think a need that we intrinsically have for hope. And I would say that even furthermore, we always have that need, but we're able to cover it up and we're able to like dupe ourselves into thinking that we're in control enough so that we are we are good enough to put our hope in ourselves or put our hope in what yeah. our hands can do um, or what we can fabricate. And that's just not true. I think what, my bad, I cut you off there. I think what we're hitting at here is that you can't avoid your need for hope, mm. right? Yeah. You can't avoid it. It's going to hit you in the face at some point, right? As you walk through life, you can't avoid your need for hope. And in this time of, of crisis and COVID-19, um, we have to address uh, what we just said that, this situation or this crisis has exposed things in our hearts and our minds that have always been there, but we're able to cover them up with busyness, with distraction, or or with a false sense of control that we have um, towards the world around us. And I think that... That's so good. Yeah, Josh and I would agree wholeheartedly that the need for hope 
um, has been brought to the surface during this pandemic, but was there long before COVID-19 yes. and will be there long after uh, COVID-19. So, so the need for hope isn't, this isn't just like a seasonal message, like a, a COVID-19 right. special. This is like real it's deal. It's not because of this right. time period. This time frame is just revealed what's already true right. about our souls. Right. And, and so this, yeah, this absolutely reveals the infrastructure of our hope. And a verse that reminded me of that is Second Corinthians four, seventeen and eighteen, where it talks about putting your your hope and your confidence in things that are seen and temporal versus things that are unseen and eternal. And that is so convicting. I was just talking to my mom about that today, actually. But that is like my gosh. I always put my my hope in things that I see or that are temporal, yeah. and rarely ever do I put my hope in things that are unseen or eternal. Yeah. Give us some examples, Nick. What are some of those things that you place your hope in that might be seen versus some of those things that are unseen? Yeah, like I think of as like a young professional, I guess struggling to figure out what I want to do with my life. I think a lot of us can relate to that. I put my hope in like having a good job that provides me a lot of income um, that can like theoretically provide a lot of comfort, um, a family Mm -hmm. and building these things around me that will protect me from from these things like crisis or tragedy that's like putting my hope in something that's seen ultimately like money um so that's one example i think of and and things that are temporal like i think like when i was in college and played golf that that was a huge battle for me to not like Mm -hmm. just let my attitude or emotions or day rise and fall on how good or how bad I played on the golf course. Like there's so yeah, much I more going it. on than, than what is just temporal in front of you. Like yep. the game of golf, but even more temporal, like the one day or the one round that you played. Right. Um, and I guess that applies to, to any sport or hobby or whatever. Yeah. But, and I want to take something out of what you just said, Nick. I think it's so easy when we uncover all these temporary walls of hope, like these false hopes, these things that we build, these fake walls that just can be broken down so easily. And we get to our bare souls and we're talking about the infrastructure of our soul. It's so easy for us to just want to replace those with new temporary walls, Mm, right? Yeah. We just, we think, oh, that's been stripped away. I got to fill that with something else. And now I think is a time for all of us to sit here and analyze like the true infrastructure of our souls and to go, is this something that's temporary? And just because it's new doesn't mean it's not temporary. Right. If we're mm. building new things right now, we got to be building the right things in our lives. Dang. Yeah, that's good, dude. That's really good. That uh, that kind of um, points us in the direction of where we're going with infrastructure of our souls. We're finally getting to like the piece that made the title. Um, so <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're getting there eventually. <laughs> we're, we're moving in that direction, I promise. So when, it, when we were thinking about this episode and I was thinking about um, – what it means to have hope and how you can build upon that and why it's such an essential thing in Christian doctrine and, and throughout history in the life of a follower of Jesus. I was thinking of the the parable that Math or that Jesus told in Matthew of building on sand versus building on a rock and mm-hmm. one of those is gonna stand and one of them's gonna fall. And so I was looking into what it takes to build a skyscraper and I came across this article that was eight simple steps to build a skyscraper. So guess it's not. Sign me up. Guess it's not that hard, but uh, anyways. So when you build a skyscraper, like the first thing that you have to do 
is you have to dig like way far down. Well, yeah, like you have to plan and all that, but you dig really far down, like multiple stories into the earth to hit bedrock. And that's what you anchor the skyscraper to. And then you okay. put up all of the materials. So there's this, I guess, thing when building a skyscraper and I know absolutely nothing about construction or anything. So this is probably like much more applicable to any building, not just skyscrapers, but, um, it's that the weight of the structure is much larger than the weight of the material that it will support. So I thought that was interesting. Like the weight of the structure, that means the steel beams that make up the structure. That means like the concrete that is poured to create the walls uh, and the foundation. And all of that weighs so much more than the stuff that goes inside or the weight of the wow. material that it will support. So that's like the elevators that go in or all of the office furniture or the water coolers or the printers, whatever is in this, this skyscraper, the weight of that building itself is way, way bigger than the weight of the material that it will support. And so I just yeah. think that's so applicable and so closely related with what Jesus said and that our soul is way too heavy to be held by things that are seen and, and things that are temporal. And so this time of crisis this time of COVID-19, I think is revealing that to a lot, a lot of people. And I, I, even like myself, there's been things that have been revealed to me through this time of like, man, my hope is not in the right place there. So all of these things that our soul or is supporting our soul are being stripped away and stripped away. And so we're forced to look at and to be really up close with the infrastructure of our soul. And so we have to ask ourselves if we're being responsible, what do I need to change? What is an old piece of this infrastructure that's rotting or that's not working? Or what's something that I put in here as a filler that's just wasting space? Or what's something in here that's, that's spreading like a disease and that's killing me? And those things in times of crisis, we're forced, we're forced to face them head on. And, mm. and I think that this infrastructure of our soul is such an important thing to think about because it determines what you build your life on and it determines... Uh, what is, what the direction of your life is. And there's only a certain amount of things that, that can hold your soul. And the things that are seen, the things that are temporary, are not going to be able to hold the weight of your soul. That's so good, Nick. That is so good. We got to keep pushing on this, okay? Here's, here's a quote for you. Levi Lusco said this, Who told you to use the past tense on something God was just getting started on? Nick, talk about that quote and talk about a particular narrative in the Bible that is very intriguing and kind of builds on top of this content. Yes, so Levi Lusco just said this. He was talking about the the story of the road to Emmaus. So this comes on Easter Sunday, actually, when these two followers of Jesus were walking away from Jerusalem to a town called Emmaus. That's why it's the road to Emmaus. And they're, they're walking along and they're talking about all these things that were like in the past tense. They're talking about how they thought that Jesus was the Messiah, all of the things that he had done and the miracles that he had performed and they had hoped in him. And so Levi Lusco is like theoretically challenging the people in this story saying, who told you to use the past tense on something God was just getting started on? And so Ooh. the the reason that we're talking about that with this episode is that the stripping away of all of the material that our soul holds or that holds our soul can feel like 
like, God, what are you doing? Why are you taking all this away? Like, I feel like I'm coming to the end of myself when really this is just like an opportunity for God to be communicating to us. No, this is not the end, Josh or Nick. This is only the beginning. Like, this is me stripping away the stuff in your life that isn't needed. That's not going to take you where I want you to go. And this is me setting you up to be the man or the woman that I have created you to be. And so it's an incredible, incredible opportunity for us to like, yes, face those really difficult emotions. We don't want to undersell that at all. Like this is a very real time where where people are experiencing real problems and, and real issues physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. But we have the opportunity to stop for just a second and get around some people that we love, some people that love us and just talk through them and say, what in the world could God be showing me through this? Like, where is he, where is he guiding me? And not just what is he stripping away, but what is he stripping away so that he can build something else? Like, what is he looking to build? And so we got to be continuing to look forward, continuing to be expectant and confident and hope that God is good and that he is Mm. using this and the stripping away season for something that is going to be more fruitful than any of us could ask or think or imagine. And so that's really, really the heart of what we're getting at with the infrastructure of your soul. This is a time, a crisis, a tragedy where so much of the outside stuff is being stripped away, but we firmly believe that it's being stripped away so that God can can put the foundations in place that he wants to build up um, the man or the woman that he wants to create in you to to do something wild. Come on, Nick. That was so good, dude. Man, I'm going to re-listen to these last five minutes of you just spewing flames and I'm just I'm gonna get out my notebook and I'm just gonna write ferociously that is so good thank you so much for impacting me with your words and for everyone else who's listening hey does that wrap us up is that it dude I think that's it that's what we got for today hey thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on another episode of the one word podcast we talked about the infrastructure of your soul and nick broke it down for us so rewind and re-listen to this and send it to a friend because this is so good thank you nick and hey we want to add a last a new little segment here we want to give a shout out to another podcast out there that's doing a great job i want to give a shout out to the backseat leader podcast my friend jeff kokenhauer is one of the hosts on that episode and their tagline is that this podcast is for the 90% for the 90% of people who aren't the leader per se in their role in a position and who lead from the backseat. So they're doing a great job. I love their stuff. And as always, we would appreciate it if you enjoy our one word podcast, that you would share it with someone and that you'd leave us a five star review. We're so thankful for you guys. Continue to choose it, rep it and love it.